Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Luke, chapter 10. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I like movies. And I especially like movies that blow stuff up. Let the fellow say amen. Let me tell you, I don't need any, I don't need dialogue in a movie. I don't need a script. All I need is stuff to blow up. Just blow everything up. Blow the movie theater up. I'll come out fire on my back. Go, woo, that was a good movie. Goodness gracious. We got to go see that again. I don't have any problem with movies. Don't misunderstand me. But what I'm asking you is that you have to be discretionary about the movies that you watch and the things that you allow and the things that you allow. Watch this. You're going to love it. Your children to see. It's not good. Taking your kids to see, ask my family. We go to a movie and I have any doubts whatsoever. Like Christmas, we go to a movie because ain't nothing to do. Especially like, you know, after we worship Jesus and everything. <laughs> I mean, y'all, you got, you got me. Okay. All right. So, you know, so we go to movies and, you know, if I have any question, doubt whatsoever about that movie, whatsoever, I don't care what. Some people like, they have their like, list of how bad is it to me if it's any bad none of my kids are going and trust my kids are all grown they're grown you're not going with me then you grown do what you want away from me but I've always guarded my children and guarded my wife because you got to watch what goes in their eyes you got to watch the video games that they play Some of this stuff is awful. These video games and our culture is obsessed with the supernatural. All these shows about paranormal. I could keep you all here all day about this, okay? Let me just stop. All these shows about, I got one more thing to say. All these shows, all this stuff about the paranormal and all of that stuff, we got to be careful because the thing that we worship, we are going to become like that thing. And we want to be like Jesus. We want to be like Jesus. I do. So we need to worship Jesus. Now, I want to point out something kind of a side note, but not really. Look at verse 38, if you will. It tells us, verse 38 tells us that the house was Martha's house. John chapter 11, look this up in your own time. John chapter 11, verse 1 tells us that Jesus came to the town of Mary. So the house notice is Martha's, but the town is Mary's. 
Now, I find that to be interesting, and I think it kind of speaks of the difference in their personalities. Mary was out among the people, loving on people, being a blessing to people, listening to people, counseling with people, telling people they need to get at the feet of Jesus, where Martha, she was in the town. Martha was at home cleaning and vacuuming and straightening up and making sure the pictures were straight on the wall and wiping the tables off and cleaning the windows. The house was Martha's. The town was Mary's. Look at verse 39. Again, I want you to know and note something here. Notice it says that Mary also, are you looking at that word also? Mary also sat at Jesus' feet, which meant that Martha did too. Martha's complaint is Mary left her alone to serve, which means that Mary also served. In other words, Martha sat and listened to Jesus' word, but was into serving. Mary served. She wasn't a pupitata, but she understood there's a time to sit with Jesus. You see, Mary understood that Jesus wasn't in their house because Martha makes the best cheesecake in Israel. Mary understood that Jesus wasn't in their house because Martha was the best cook in town. Jesus was in their house to fellowship with them, for them to sit with him. Notice in verse 40, you want to get the scene here. Martha is in the kitchen making lunch, distracted. Distracted from what? Somebody help me. Distracted from what? Hmm? Very good. Distracted from Jesus. And the interesting thing is, listen, isn't it true? We can all get distracted from Jesus. Satan loves to get you distracted from Jesus because he knows if you're distracted from Jesus and you take your eyes off the Lord, you lose the very thing that you need to serve. When you're serving, you got to keep your eyes on Jesus. Or you start looking at other people and how much they're not doing, and you're doing everything. So Martha is busy cooking in the kitchen, probably listening to Jesus and Mary talking. And Mary knows there's something else cooking in the living room that lasts forever. And Mary's sitting engaged in personal communion, listening to the words of Jesus, probably talking about forgiveness and worship and love. And Martha's listening to this, and Martha is thinking, why don't you love to help me get this stuff ready? You guys talking about love. And the more they talk, the more irritated Martha becomes, and Martha finally can't take it anymore, so she bursts in the room. She probably put her hands on her hips. And she says, Jesus, don't you care? I'm in this kitchen sweating and I'm doing everything around here. You guys out here talking about worship, devotion and love and forgiveness and all of this. Don't you find this interesting? She is rebuking the creator of the world. Can I tell you something? You might want to write this down. Not a good thing. She's rebuking the creator of the world. And isn't this interesting? Note this. I I saw this yesterday. I had never really noticed this before. Notice she said, don't you care that my sister, no longer is she saying Mary, now it's my sister. You know, it's almost like I remember when Rodney Jr., you know, Jr.'s the drummer kid. Well, he's not a kid anymore, but person, big person. And when he was a little boy, I'd come home from work and Elvira would say, if he was like doing stuff and, you know, boys being boys, boys will be boys. 
and he's doing stuff, and Elvira, I walk in the door, and Elvira goes, your son. Now, whenever he, Junior was doing something bad, he was my son. But when he was doing things that were good, it was mommy baby. I'm like, how come he can't be daddy boy when he's doing something good? Oh, no, that's, that's mommy baby. But if he's doing something bad, your son. And she would always say it with such disdain. You know, your son did this. You know, Martha, she's kind of doing the same thing. You know, husband, wives, y'all do that. I mean, you say, God, you know, it's the wife you gave me. You don't call her by her name. It's the wife you gave me. You don't call your husband by his name. It's that knucklehead husband you gave me. Why every service, people laugh harder on that one than on the wife one? That's something wrong there. It's that knucklehead husband you gave. Now, when everything's going good, oh, y'all got pet names for each other. Isn't that true? Oh, he just my pookie. Or my, oh, that's my boo. Everybody got pet names for each other. Isn't that true? Y'all know that's true. When everything's going good, y'all got pet names for each other. When it's, when it's going bad, it's like, you knucklehead. And Martha is doing the same thing. She says, Lord, you don't care that my sister has left me to do all the work. And notice Jesus is so loving, so gracious, so merciful, so kind. Did you notice he doesn't say, listen, you pot scrubber. If He doesn't say, listen, you pot scrubber, if you think you're going to rebuke me, I'm the creator of the world. I made the pots that you're washing, so pipe down. He doesn't say that. You know, I believe the reason Jesus didn't blast her is because he wasn't done with her. Because later she's going to hear those words, Lazarus, come forth. And she's going to realize in a very profound way that the word of God gives life. And yet again, we're going to see Martha in the house of the used-to-be leper, Simon. And it's interesting because there, Martha is serving, and she's not complaining. Matter of fact, she's whistling while she works. <laughs> it's hard to whistle. I don't know why I can't get it. But she's just walking around, cleaning stuff. She's not complaining. She's not griping about what she's doing. Why? Because she has learned of the grace of God. You see, when you truly understand God's grace, you serve with joy. Can the church say amen? When you truly understand God's grace, you worship with joy. When you learn God's grace, you serve with joy. Serving has everything to do with hearing the word of God. And by now, Martha has learned that. Mary already got that. And Jesus said, Martha, Martha, you're worried and troubled about many things. Now listen, when Jesus uses the name twice, it's because his heart is breaking. You remember Jesus said, Simon, Simon, Satan desires what? Saints, anybody know? The sift you is wheat. Saul, Saul. Why persecutest thou me? And the Bible says that Saul fell to the ground and he was converted and he became Paul the apostle. Matthew chapter 23, in the midst of legalism and brutality, he says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, Jesus said, I wanted to gather you as a mother hen gathers her chicks, but you were unwilling. And now he says two times, Martha, Martha, breaking his heart. Martha, Martha, you are worried 
You are agitated. You are crabby. Crabby. About a lot of stuff. You see, I think there's a little Mary and a little Martha in each of us. Don't you think that's true? And I find that it seems to be easier to operate, stay with me, to operate in Martha-dom than Mary-dom. Especially as a pastor. You can get going, doing this, doing that, doing this, doing that, doing this, doing that. And before you know it, man, you've been doing a lot of work and you've been serving the Lord and there's a lot of things going on. And man, you're considering for services on the weekend, maybe a Saturday night and the church is growing and people are coming and it's awesome. But that's martyrdom. Married them. Hey, you mind? Would you sit and spend time with me? How about sitting and just reading your Bible? It is hard. Ask any pastor It is hard for a pastor to do devotions. Very hard. Because one, there's always so much on your plate. No matter how early you get up, you can get started on the day. And there's so many things to do. So many phone calls. So many emails. So many people to talk to. There's always something to do. But it's also hard because as we read the Bible, pastors, we study the Bible. And sometimes I find myself, I'm reading the Bible and I'm going, man, one thing is needful, one thing. Man, let me look up the Greek word for one thing. For you know what, I got lexicons and Strong's Concordance out and I'm studying this word and that word. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm not supposed to be studying right now. I need to be sitting at his feet just devoting. Just looking at, hey, one thing, one thing is needed. What One thing is needed. Mary's chosen the good part. Man, Lord, I need one thing in my life. Lord, just help me to focus on one thing. There's so many things on my plate, but God, help me to focus on one thing. What's the one thing? The one thing is the good part, Lord. What's the good part? The good part is sitting at the feet of Jesus. Lord, help me to sit at the feet of Jesus. In Jesus' name, I ask you to do this. Amen. That's devotion. I got to remember to do that. You got to remember to do that. We all have to remember to do that. Because you can get caught up in just... Martyrdom and forget about marriedom. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You can get caught up in those things. Martha, you're so busy, but one thing is needed, and Mar- Mary has chosen that one thing. Write this down Psalm 27. It was David who said, One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek. Did you hear that? One thing? Did you hear that? One thing? I have desired of the Lord, and that will I seek is to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. David says, one thing I want to do, and one thing is my desire. Are you listening? I hope this is helping you. One thing I want to do, one thing is my desire, and that's to get in church. That's what David said. To dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. And then he goes on to say, and to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. I want to see the Lord and I want to hear from the Lord in the house of the Lord. David said one thing. If that's not a word for this culture and for this church and for this new year in 2010, God, if you could help us to get to one thing, just one thing. We got so many things. And wasn't the email supposed to make life easy? 
And the iPhone wasn't supposed to make life easy. And all this technology wasn't supposed to make life easy. I don't know about you, but it seems to have complicated things just a little bit. Don't you think? Lord, help us to get to one thing. Jesus said, Mary, watch this. Jesus said, Mary has chosen the better part. Did you get that? In other words, sitting at the feet of Jesus was Mary's choice. She chose to sit at the feet of Jesus. We have to choose to sit at the feet of Jesus and worship the Lord. She could have chosen not to. Listen, you don't ever, ever, ever want to spend your time with Jesus because you have to or because of law. Can somebody say amen? Amen. No, you don't. Listen, I'll tell you straight. You don't have to do devotion. You don't ever have to do devotion. And if you ever feel like you have to do devotion, you probably shouldn't do it. You know why? Because you're doing it for some ulterior motive. Maybe you think God's going to curse you today if you don't read your Bible. Some folks think that. Man, if I don't read my Bible every day, something bad going to happen. That's not God. That's superstition. If you don't read your Bible every day, listen, God is a God of mercy. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. God will love you still. If you never read your Bible, God will love you still. But I will tell you this. If you never read your Bible, if you never have devotion, you are missing the better part. You are. You are missing the better part. Now, some people think that devotion, okay, I'm coming in for a landing. Some people think that the better, that devotion is like in the morning. You have to do it in the morning. People have even told me this, oh, pastor, I'm just not a morning person. I am not a morning person. I don't get up until 11. I'm like, well, you're not an afternoon person either. <laughs> you know, by 11 o'clock, you know what I did by 11 o'clock? I don't know what I did, but I did a lot of stuff. I know that. <laughs> I was thinking, trying to think of something to tell y'all I did by 11, but I couldn't come up with nothing. I just know it was a lot. You don't have to see, notice this here. The text does not tell us that Mary sat at the feet of Jesus in the morning. It doesn't tell us that. As a matter of fact, I'm inclined to believe that this was probably later on in the day because as you read the chapter, Jesus had what we call a busy day. And he had a lot of conversations with a lot of people. Read the earlier part of the chapter. He'll tell you that. So by the end of the day, now we have the story of Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus in devotion. Listen, you can have devotion any time of day and you don't need three hours to do it. Some people don't have devotion because they think, man, I don't have three hours. I just don't, man, I can't devote to the Lord for three hours in the morning. Well, neither can I. Neither could Jesus couldn't have devotion for three hours in the morning. I mean, the Sermon on the Mount is one of the greatest sermons ever spoken from the lips of any man. And the Sermon on the Mount is about 25 words. And Jesus probably spoke it in about a minute and a half or two minutes. Now, I don't know, it took me about 12 weeks to preach it, but there's something wrong with that. But the Lord's not asking for three hours. 
You got three minutes? He is asking you for one hour at some time. Remember he said to the disciples, could you not pray with me for got an hour? Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Next Saturday morning, 9 o'clock, right down there. Wasn't that tacky? But it was good. It was good. Was it good, y'all? All right. Three people thought it was good. Thank you, three people. Got an hour? During the week, got 10 minutes? Whether it's in the morning, in the afternoon, or whatever. Got 10 minutes? Just sit and no, no, no. Having devotion, people have told me, well, I just have it on my way to work in the car. I don't think so. And I hope you're not doing that. Because if you're having devotion and reading your Bible while you're driving the car, you're going to kill somebody. And I'm going to have to come visit you in jail. Now i got a prison ministry. It's not good. You know, or I, I just pray. I talk to the Lord when I'm in the car. Not good. You don't want to be doing that. And I don't even know how you do that. I mean, on the 440 in the morning, I've been on the 440 in the morning. People cutting you off and, and waving at you with one finger and all that stuff. And, and I don't know how you talk to Jesus through all that. But, I mean, maybe you're more spiritual than me. I don't know. But I don't think it can happen. I think the Lord wants you to sit down. He wants you to get quiet in some quiet place and take part in communion and fellowship with him and get that better part that God wants for you. Do you know, I guarantee you, try this, just 10 minutes every day. Just 10 minutes. You've got 10 minutes. You've got 10 minutes. We all have 10 minutes. Goodness, you've got 10 minutes. It's just a matter of you wanting and choosing to use those 10 minutes to read the word of God. See, a lot of times we don't read God's word because we don't choose to. And listen, you could pray about this. Listen, listen, you could pray about this all day long. God, I want to be a more spiritual woman of God. I want to be a more spiritual man of God. I want to know your word, God. I want to serve you, Lord. I want to be the man you want me to be, Lord. You could pray about that until the cows come home. But until you Sit down and open up the Bible and put your face in this book for 10 minutes, five minutes, something, and begin to get the word of God off the pages into your heart. As David said, I write thy word upon the tables of my heart. Nothing will change. And you can pray about it all day long. Do you understand? (laughs) You cannot, you cannot. You cannot get this word in your heart by reverse osmosis. Put it under your pillow and sleep on the Bible and think you're going to wake up spiritual. <laughs> it's going to happen that way. It's going to happen with you saying, I'm going to read the word of God. And I'm going to begin to, to, to devote and to, to read God's word and to let God's word take root in my heart. And, and then change will come. And your way of thinking will change. And you'll be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's by the word. All that's going to happen by the word of God. I challenge you. Do that. I challenge you. 
get in the women's Bible study. Here comes some more shameless plugs. It's a good day for shameless plugs, isn't it? I challenge you, get in the women's Bible study. Get in the men's Bible study. Go get lunch, come back to Credo. Guarantee it. You begin to do things that God's word can get into your heart. Your life will change. And after a while, it won't be a chore to sit down and read God's word. You won't be able to wait to get an opportunity to read God's word. You'll be reading it in the car. You'll be reading it, not while you're driving, but you'll be reading it in the car and anywhere you can possibly get an opportunity just to take a peek at the word of God. It won't be a chore. It's not a have to. It's a privilege. It's not law. It's love. Mary loved the Lord, and I hope you do too. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at one 800 293 0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. Or you may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the media library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.